What's going on, everybody? Welcome to our Family Matters podcast, where we talk about family matters because family matters. And today, I'd like to introduce you to our guest for today. Uh, He is a pastor, a senior pastor at 519 Church in Beaumont, Texas, and he's married with two daughters, and he uh, graduated from Sam Houston University. I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Tyron Cormier. What's up, man? How you doing, man? Doing good, good, man. Doing, good, yeah. doing yes, sir. I'm glad that you finally, man. We got to get you on the podcast, yes, bro. Yes, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited about it. I got to check out a few uh, other episodes that you did. Love what you guys are doing, and uh, excited to be a part, man. Finally, finally here. Absolutely, man. Yes, sir, man. And uh, you know, we've we've talked about this, and you know, it's funny because we actually met playing basketball, man. Yeah, yeah. Getting to hoop together. So yeah, people don't know don't know that a pastor can you know got a mean jump shot yeah, too, man. Yeah. So no, you, <laughs> it, uh, we'll talk about it a little bit today, man. But that was one of our initial uh, things that we initially did just to kind of reach men. You yeah. Know? Uh, but people would be surprised they would come in there. I'm like, I don't know what they they thought, man. But I'm like, yes, we pastor, but. In the meantime, you about to get these buckets. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm I talking get the about. Word on Sunday, but you about to get this crossover. <laughs> but nah, yeah, I love so, it. Yeah. Well, listen, man. Um, you, you mentioned it. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, the importance of the man, uh, men in the family. Yeah. And uh, that that is something that is um, that God instituted. That God has set the man in the family as the head, and yeah. you know, not trying to get political here, nothing about that. All, but but the Word of God does say that there's a covering that comes with the man and, and, um, in the family, and I know that that is something that um, that's important to you, reaching the yeah. you know, reaching men, and uh, understanding the role that we play in a family and how important we are to the family. And so we'll talk a little bit about that, man. Yeah. But, uh, so, so you're, you're a pastor. How long have you been pastoring for man? Yeah, man, it's going on, man. It's been close to seven, to eight years, man. I kind of wow. lose count there, but, uh, it's been a while. We, uh, started 519 church. We were, uh, in Huntsville, Sam Houston state. Uh, me and my wife was both heavily involved in ministry there, started working in men's ministry. Even then my wife started a women's Bible study at Sam that uh, grew to almost uh, like over a hundred some um, 18, 19 year old, 20 year old girls meeting wow. weekly that went on. We left, it was still going on at least five to six years after we left. Wow. But we got to experience community. We got to see what it looked like to do life with people, to uh, to grow together, to see, to be vulnerable, yeah. transparent. So we knew we wanted to do something similar to that. We served in the church uh, when we first moved down here, then we eventually planted 519 Church. 519 Church, I always get, uh, you know, what exactly is that? Is that some type of coat? Is that something for teens? Our original <laughs> logo put emphasis on teen. It was a horrible layout because people, <laughs> yeah, this is for teenagers. But no, it's based off Luke 519, and it's the story where the friends uh, were trying to get their friend who was sick uh, to Jesus, but the house was too crowded. So they yeah. went to the roof and ripped the whole Lord, their friend down to Jesus. Essentially, as a church, we just wanted to do whatever it takes to get someone to Christ. Yeah. Uh, and then we knew coming to Southeast Texas, the demographics of Beaumont, Southeast Texas, um, the one place that should be a beacon of light, uh, of unity, should be the church. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, still as we stand, uh, the communities, racially, um, just different uh, socioeconomic statuses. We're a divided place. And so yeah. we wanted to start a church for one that could have that community mm-hmm. uh, where the word of God could be preached, where the church, the inside of the church, would look like the community that it was surrounded by. Yeah. So we're still on that journey. Yeah. Not complete in that, but man, it's been a heck of a ride. 
I love that, man. And you're right. Uh, the church is God's plan for humanity. And so mm. uh, it's, it's, it's through the church that we are seeing people born again, that we are seeing families uh, become whole. But it's God's mission is run through the church. And so I'm yeah. with you, man. Well, uh, I love, man, what you do. Thank you again um, for all that you do for the community. And a quick shout-out, man, to your church, man. Go for it, man. Yeah, so uh, 519 Church, uh, located in 4095 Bristol Drive in Beaumont, Texas. We're actually right inside of a community, right in the neighborhood, but it is a church building on 1030s on Sundays. Would love to have you guys come out and visit us. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, listen, bro, um, so you've been pastoring uh, for seven to eight years um, I, I, was that always the plan for you getting in ministry or what? Uh, well, initially going to college, I was talking to, uh, Pastor Rod, uh, Ron, yeah. Pastor, uh, yeah, beforehand, yeah. I told him yeah, that Ron I went, Hammonds, yeah. Yeah, went to, uh, East Texas Baptist initially. I've always loved business. I've always loved finances. I've always loved structure. I've always loved it. So I knew I wanted to do something in business. Uh, transferred to Sam Houston to play basketball. Uh, eventually met my wife there. And uh, I went to a Bible study at a, a guy named Sam, Sam Almachek, where he went on to pass away. But a great friend of mine discipled me, mentored me. And I grew up in church my entire life, but it was there where I started my relationship with Christ for myself. Yeah. And I got to experience community, man. I mean, we would do life together, uh, all of these really cool things. In fact, the day that me and my wife were supposed to get married, a hurricane hit. Oh, wow. So we had family uh, leaving Southeast Texas to get away from it. And her family's coming from the Austin area. We were just devastated. We didn't know what to do. We had to cancel our wedding. And so our friends, our church community, in a trailer, <laughs> threw a, a party for us that night. Um, and, and the wind's blowing and everything's outside. Man, we were in there jamming triply, Lecrae, all of these things, <laughs> having a great time, nachos. And uh, it took it, it it just took our mind away. You've seen the power of community. What should have been like a very devastating moment for us. Yeah. Like, man, we're having to cancel this wedding. And I'm thinking about... It wasn't an expensive wedding, but just the money we did pay was like a lot for a broke college student. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> like, oh, what's going on? We weren't thinking about that. We were in there enjoying life with yeah. some uh, with some people that we've grown, grown close to around scripture, around doing life together. So I got to see the power then yeah. of the church. And uh, and we just knew, man, we wanted to. I knew then, man, I wanted to do so. I didn't know that I wanted to plant a church. Didn't even know that verbiage, that terminology. I knew I wanted to be a part of the church, yeah. uh, and so that's kind of where it was was birth at. That's amazing, man. Uh, in our conversation, you know, a while back when we talked, was uh, you mentioned about how um, there were men that God placed in your life that played a major role mm -hmm. in uh, not not only discipling you but also showing you what a man is, what mm -hmm. a man should be, um, and and God set people in your life to show that example. Um, and it seems like today, uh, who you are today has been, what is, is very much because of some of those men that were in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, you know, um, so Teron Carmier, I'm a junior, I'm named after my dad. My dad grew up in, um, Port Arthur, but he's from Genesis, Louisiana. My dad was military. So there was er things early on with my dad that I, um, didn't quite understand the significance of him now, but as a as an adult, I, I'm so grateful that he did. My dad was, yes, sir, no, sir. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you, no, thank you. You know, a lot of emphasis on that. I remember in um, about fifth grade, uh, my dad was driving 18 wheelers, and um, we were, I was in this tin building. It was thin, thin kind of metal walls, and I would hear the air brakes uh, at the back, and I'm thinking, <laughs> my dad would pop up at the door. So this was 
you know, whatever, mid-90s or something, because he didn't even go check in at the front. You would never do this at a school now. He would just hop, <laughs> the, he would just hop the gate and go stand at the door. And I wouldn't be doing anything, but just in case I was. And so I saw the, the importance, for one, of, of respect, manners, accountability. He was there checking. Um, and then middle school, you know, he would tell me, my mom would, you know, my mom had her way of going about things. My dad would be like, hey, son, I'm not, I'm about to do all this yelling. I just tell you what, you're welcome. You can go to school and do whatever you want. Hang with whoever you want to hang with. Make whatever decision you want to make with. Just know you're coming home to me and those friends you're acting up with are going home to Hudega. So I don't know what that, what's going to happen to them, but I can tell you what's going to happen to you <laughs> when you get home. And I was like, good. Never had a problem. All you need to, hear. I need to know. So that was the first example of me just seeing that. Um, and then when I started getting into basketball, middle school, my uncle, what I call my uncle Tough, uh, his name's Anthony Guillory, uh, just started picking me up. Uh, be about two or three times a week we would go to the gym uh, and pro again man just one of the greatest men great story uh, that that he can tell just about what God did in his life yeah. but through basketball he was teaching me a lot of things about mm -hmm. life um, my uncle uh, just showed me again what hard work can pay off just seeing things that he he was able to accomplish in his personal life seeing his commitment to God seeing his commitment to me he didn't have kids at the time but man, my uncle uh, was, was probably one of my heroes, one of my first heroes, man. Yeah. Uh, in fact, when I got to high school, uh, my coach, Coach Butte, legendary coach, uh, played basketball with my uncle Tough, and so they started calling me Lil Tough because our mannerisms mm -hmm. were just like I dribbled like him, shot like him. Uh, we were, to this day we were still built alike, you know. Um, and so that uncle just played such a, a pivotal point uh, in that middle school years. Yeah. Um, as my dad, my mom working through things my dad was again always there consistent my uncle any void that was there or blank my uncle filled it in then my other uncle that i was telling you about who's a pastor which mm -hmm. is probably uh, why i'm in ministry is felix broussard apostle felix broussard uh, he started church of philadelphia in beaumont texas still going today yeah uh this uncle man was a contractor did very labor intensive work uh worked with his hands but whenever i was at at their home he would get in still come and play basketball with me and my cousins. And, and again, you know, I don't know if he knew the impact that that was making or right. understanding, but uh, we would see him get out that car, you know, covered in, in dust and sweating and things, and he would still come out there play 21 with us and different things like that. But that, that uncle was a pastor, and here, here, he set the mod, model for what, what ministry looked like for me. Yeah. Uh, this particular uncle was a great communicator, great preacher, preacher with passion. But more importantly than what he did in the pulpit, I saw the way he lived his life outside of off of a stage i got to see behind the scenes i got to see him again before he went to this labor intensive job get up and pray in the morning that was priority to him yeah i seen him put emphasis coming home because you know a lot of men we think um my job is to provide and that is one aspect of being manhood but mm -hmm. on top of him providing he was made sure he was present yeah uh, he was in our lives a uh, bunch of things, man, still to this day that he did from that childhood that, that stuck with me. But he set the model of what ministry was for me, uh, how you love people, um, how you love the Word of God, uh, how you make sure you're living what it is that you're preaching behind closed doors. Yeah. It was so important. So, yeah. So uh, I, I would imagine that a lot of these things that you saw in these men, uh, you begin to apply to your life. Yeah, yeah, eventually uh, some of the things you just, you know, you replicate or you go with, like with my dad, you know, it was just he set the rules until I could understand mm -hmm. <laughs> why they were there, you know. Uh, but, yeah, eventually you did, man. Um, 
when it came to different things from basketball, I just tried to uh, two of the greatest players, basketball players I've ever saw. Of course, we got LeBron, we got Jordan Allison. But up until that time, was my uncle. Man, my uncle had one of the prettiest jump shots yeah. you could ever see. I mean, it was you would hear the ball rolling off his nails. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just a jump shot. So I would try to emulate that. And then my I had a cousin uh, Jonah, great point guard out this area. So I would try to emulate them on the court. That's that's was my goal, man. Like if I could just shoot as well as that. So it started with on the court. But then I started seeing things off. I was like, man, he was very consistent. He was yeah. he was on time. Like if my uncle told you that he was picking you up at uh, at five, be ready for four thirty. Like he was just very, he was just very <laughs> timely. Things like that, and so just emulating things like that, seeing that, and then with my uncle Felix, was I start trying to follow Christ for myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw the importance of making sure because you're young, you know, you're young Christian still trying to figure things out. Yeah. It's important that. I'm not one way in front of a certain thing or teaching the Bible, doing this and, and doing things that contradict that. So I, whenever I found myself just wrestling with certain things behind the scenes, um, I thought, man, you know, my uncle was very transparent, very open. This is something that I could never get used to doing, right. living one way and preaching another way or being a hypocrite. It's just um, I was always conflicted with that. Yeah. And just the work that ministry calls for off the stage. My uncle was in hospitals. Um, so many times people coming over to the house for them to pray, him going to pray. Again, this was after he worked. Uh, this was construction. He'd be outside all day. Right. That's what I saw wow. uh, as ministry. So, uh, wow. yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And uh, that began to, to impact your life to the point where you begin to not only do those things in your life, but now you started a ministry where you have be, be you begin to be that person for other men where yeah. you are pouring into others so tell us about your ministry man yeah so my heart for men goes back to a lot of those gentlemen that I just shared with you yeah um as far back as college you could just see and even now when you're dealing with teenage kids or you're dealing with grown men it doesn't take me very long in certain conversations you could tell men who had strong men in their life yeah um, Sports-wise, you saw it. You could just you would see the the way that certain guys would shut down when the coach would get on them really hard or do certain yeah. things. You could just you could just tell. So I saw early on you could see the need for men while it was needed for us to be in in other men's lives. Uh, but when I was in college, I started seeing that seeing the need for relationship with Christ. We started uh, what's called Lions Den Ministry, and it was about about 30, 40 guys getting together. On a Saturday morning, uh, we met at the uh, BSM, the Baptist Student Ministry, would let us. I don't know what that guy was thinking, giving some 19-year-old kids a key to the <laughs> building. Uh, I still look back at it like, that guy, bro. <laughs> that was a brave guy. Because uh, we would be in there. Bible study looked like us, arm wrestling, uh, wrestling. It was a bunch of stuff we would do that had nothing to do with the Bible, but we would be in there doing it. Uh, before we got into the to the Bible there, we could have really did some damage. I don't know if I ever turn over any property of mine, <laughs> you know, kids like that. But we managed it through, man. But we were there. Uh, from there, we started a, a Colleen chapter because uh, one of the guys' mom seen the impact it was making on his life. She invited us to come out to the church, and we were passing out music because you know music was just a way to draw kids. Right. So we did a Colleen. We eventually did a Beaumont chapter, and all we were basically was just trying to get young guys in the room talk about Christ and it was called lines then because you know Daniel made a stand and we were like you know we need to eventually make a stand for Christ you know yeah. things like that it's going to cost you something um so we did that again I told you just about the transformation in college I knew I wanted to be a part of a church so eventually we started the church and I knew it would be heavy emphasis on men yeah uh, you look around at most churches and and you know 
uh, what this is not a knock on churches, but most churches, if we're not careful, they are catered for women. Mm -hmm. You look at the stages, you look at the way they're designed. There's plants, there's flowers, there's there's a lot of these things. Now a lot of people are kind of coming up because we got this big LED screen, so you mm -hmm. can kind of take away the the plants uh, and the flowers. But a lot of that was catered, was decorated by women, catered by women. Again, that's not an issue because that's probably who was there. But the church is the number one place for where, where men should be. Yeah. And that's not because this is like a patriarchal system. You mentioned politics and things. Else. The safest place for any woman or any family is to be led by a man that's truly following Christ. Yes. He's Because he's not going to abuse them. He's going to be sensitive to how right. he's leading them. He's going to, you know, it's, it is a common practice in my house for me to apologize to my daughters. Hey, you know what? That didn't handle that right. I missed that one. Or I, you know, I was mm -hmm. off on that. You're not going to see that very much in a house where, where a guy is not being convicted by the Holy Spirit or talking right. to Christ. So it's, it's nothing that we need to apologize about. It's something that we need to challenge more men to do. So when we started the church, that was something that we wanted to do. We were reaching a lot of young families. And a lot of times what you would see is you would see, uh, this was the trend at some cases, and I would love to pick Pastor Ron's brain on this. You would see women bringing their kids to church, and then eventually you would see them kind of, I don't want to use the word drag, but the dad would kind of come in reluctantly sometimes uh, because he sees this is something that's important to the kids or something right. that's important to his wife. And that was great. However, you got to reach people. We want to do that. But we thought, man, what a beautiful picture of seeing the men leading the wives back mm -hmm. to church and leading yeah. the kids back to church and putting it on emphasis. And I know that men can do it. Because if you ever had a sports dad, in which I'm, this is my first year with select volleyball, it is a completely different animal. But if you see any dad in sports, you know that he knows how to lead his family towards yeah. something. I mean, he's investing in equipment. He's making sure his kid's got the fanciest mouthpiece and making sure he's got all the right cleats and equipment. So we get this concept that when it's something that's beneficial for our kids, we make sure not only that they're there, but they have the tools to be successful. And I just wanted to see men do that in the church. Yeah. We take the lead of leading our families into church and again uh i think it's great if a if a wife is there or a mother single mother just a, a individual lady because again i'm not one that that says that you're not complete unless you're married or anything like that i don't care who you are if you're in the if you're in the house of god if you're in church thank thank god for that um but it is a beautiful thing and we see the ramifications of it when it's a man leading his family yeah. to the church yeah Man, you uh, said some great things there. One of the things that we often say in our church is that uh, a family or uh, a family is is uh, or a man. We cater towards 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 men in our church. Uh, specifically, what we mean is we're tr that if we can reach the man in the home, then we can reach the family. Yeah. And uh, we believe that, and um, we we also uh, do our best to not you know or to do our best to see. Uh, uh, not just the mom, not just the kids, but also see the father, see the husband. And at times, you know, it can be hard being yeah. a father, being a husband, uh, you know, carrying the load that, a, you know, that a man has to carry. And sometimes you feel like you're not doing great. All these different things, you know, there's all these things, you know, uh, that, 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 society sets up to say that this is what a man is this is what a man is not you know you're this or you're that but the word of god sets the standard for what a man is and um the responsibility is not only you know it's not only financially it's not only relationally but there is a spiritual responsibility that a man carries that 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 when 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 we are able to supply
Yeah. Uh, and, and that's uh, when we're able to supply it, it makes a difference, not just in their walk with Christ, but also in their identity. Yeah. You know, and who they are. And listen, you got daughters, so you, you yeah. really know. And I've got four daughters. And yeah. So it's something that I've come to understand. But um, the, the, the role that a man plays in a child's life, in a family's life, in the in the health of a family, yeah. spiritually, it, it it extends. You know, yeah. you know, being able to to learn not just from my pastor but also from my father. Yeah, makes a difference. I, it's 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 it, it goes from spiritual to just some plain things in our society. Yeah, uh, one of the ways I love that it talks about whenever God creates something, He creates an environment for it to thrive in and mm-hmm. live in before He does. So you look, you look at just the story in Genesis before He created fish, He created the water before He yeah. created the man, He created the garden. Before he created the stars, he created the sky. And whenever you take any one of those things out of the environment that God created for them, they start they malfunction and they eventually mm-hmm. die. So you take a fish out of water. Uh, man, my wife did this illustration when she was preaching like two years ago. Nearly got us. I'm sure Peter was, I just knew they was going to show it to the church the next week. She took a fish out of the glass and she's like preaching it. The fish is over there dying. Nobody was listening to her. They were all looking at the fish up there like gasping for air. But eventually what happens when you take a fish out of water? It, it malfunctions and dies. When you take a star out of the sky, that's what we call meteoroids. They're coming out of a certain atmosphere. They eventually start to uh, mm-hmm. eternally start destroying and break right. up. Uh, when you take a man out of the presence of God, and I would even go as far as saying out of the church, he starts to malfunction, loses identity, eventually, you know, um, not a physical death, but a spiritual death. And when you take the man out of the family, I mean, man, statistics shows that when a, when a father's not in the home, the dropout rate yeah. increases. The likelihood of the teenagers engaging in drugs increases. Mm-hmm. The likelihood of a daughter getting pregnant when the father's not there increases. Yeah. The population, I think it's something like 70-something percent of the prison population for all races yeah. is unfathered. Our yeah. father was not in their life. So, man, you, again, you see spiritually the importance of a man being there, but also you, you just see how that spills out into society. When a yeah. man is not in the place that Christ called him to be or God called him to be, just like when God showed up for Adam, he goes, hey, Adam, where are you, right? Like, yeah. It's not like because he didn't know he's God. So it's not like he didn't have the uh, my location on, you know what I'm saying, right. that he knew where Adam <laughs> was. It was that Adam was not where God had intended for him to be. So yeah. it's like, Adam, where are you? So when God shows up, when he comes back, Christ comes back, I, I would love to see men where they're supposed to be, in their church, leading their homes, sacrificing for those that they've called to lead, um, laying their life down, loving our wives like we love, like Christ loved the church. Yes. I would love for that to be the picture of, of what manhood is, a biblical, biblical manhood. Yes. Man, that uh, I I couldn't agree more, and I I do believe that 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 spiritually that in that when we when when we get our source not from society but from the Word of God spiritually, it it it, it gives context for everything else. It gives context for why I, I why I should love my wife, for mm-hmm. why I should be present with my children, why I should spend time in the Word of God with mm-hmm. my kids, because the. It, the identity of a child many times is is it can be uh, uh, solidified or broken by the presence or uh, by uh, the, the 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 father not being present yeah. or sometimes being present but but being damaging yeah. and so um, you know it's unfortunate that in our community we have seen a lot of that. And one of the things that I'm passionate about, and I know that you are as well, is so is setting an example 
that is worth following. Yeah. You know, uh, and and no doubt. And um, my incur, you know, my hope is that is that uh, we see more fathers who are uh, who are willing to uh, to take the time to realize the uh, the 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 impact that we have, yeah. not just in our children's life, but when our kids' friends come over, what are they doing? Yeah, they're looking at you. They're watching you. You know, you know, they're watching to see how you respond to to your daughters. They're mm -hmm. watching you. You know, see how you treat your wife. You know, and how you, all those things they matter. It's an example yeah. that is being set, and uh, the more of an example that we that that we can show the responsibility that a man has, the difference that we're able to make, not just only in our life and our children's life, but yeah. also those <laughs> who are watching. Absolutely. I think it's important too, man, that, you know, when you're talking to men, whether you're talking to men that come from a rural setting or urban, an urban setting, it's important for men to see, man, one of the most, and this was beautiful. All the men I stated earlier that played a significant role in me, in my life uh, and in my walk with Christ, they were menly, they were, they were men. They yeah. were menly men. I mean, my uncle uh, was, man, the big old forms. Again, he worked with a hammer, all that stuff. This was before they had all the Ryobi tools and all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, he, he was, I mean, his forearms, you know, he would grab his wrestling. He was a man. My uncle tell one of the most physical, uh, again, just a great physical specimen that played basketball, loved just my dad, again, military guy. Every man I know that know that was walking with Christ was a manly man. And a lot of guy, a lot of times when you're talking to guys about church, they feel like they've got to sacrifice some of their uh, uh, masculinity to come to, you know, to come to church. Some men, when right. they worship, they're stoic. So you're not going to see them maybe running around the church. And so sometimes it's the expectations of them if they want to worship Christ and they have to outwardly show. Now, I do challenge men that that you know we are in certain settings have don't have a problem outwardly expressing ourselves throwing a dallas cowboys game <laughs> and you're gonna see people throwing stuff at screens this was this was all year we were supposed to take it out as they say every year uh but uh well you're talking to cowboys fans oh so. uh, yes yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll have a, a prayer for you appreciate <laughs> that but uh but but watching golf men on the golf course they his thing so we can outwardly express ourselves emotionally that's not an issue yeah. but getting them to see that however you express yourself that the church is still the place for you that you don't have to compromise yeah. on any of that and jesus was the manliest of men do you do you know yes. what it took the bible talks about a story where he was talking to a crowd and then it says jesus knew that in, jesus knew that these men wanted to kill him Mm -hmm. And he walked straight through them. Yeah. I'm like, man, that is some John Wick type <laughs> stuff. They're like, I know that these guys want to kill me. And he walks right through them. You know, so I'm reading that story like, yes, T knew that they wanted to kill him. So he took off running the opposite direction. If it, you know, they, like, <laughs> Jesus was a, a manly man. You do not have to sacrifice any of that. When Christ gets a hold of certain things, yes, there's parts of us that he redeems. But you don't have to. Uh, the church is a place for manly men. This is the place, the safest place uh, for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, the most dangerous man in the world is a, 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 is a man who loves Jesus. Yeah you know, what he's able to do. And so, well, listen, man, if you can leave um, our listeners, man, with anything, man, what would it be, man? Yeah, so I so I always use um, this example about um, present over perfection. I would challenge men um, that uh, starting from the church, we just need you present. Yeah. We don't need you perfect. We don't need perfection out of you. Uh, the Bible talks about in Matthew 5, 48, yes, to uh, be perfect as I am perfect. This is what we're striving for, but I just need you here. Um, and your presence 
will make up for it. You know, we, we'll take presence over perfection any day. That's with the church, right? Mm-hmm. So again, did you make a mistake? Did you uh, have a temper? Uh, did you, uh, you know, maybe have to let a guy at work have a few choice words? Did some things get heated on the court? Did maybe you and your wife have been bumping heads? Maybe you're, you're just wrestling with all of the pressure of life and you haven't handled it the best this week. We don't need you perfect. Just man, yeah. just 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 show up here, and not necessarily just metaphorically the church, but just keep showing up with a body of believers or with other men of Christ. Uh, we want presence before perfection, and the same thing we tell ourselves in our family. Yes, a lot of men, uh, and this is true. You you alluded to it earlier that some men's presence have done more damage with them being there because they didn't have a they didn't have a model of manhood or mm-hmm. following Christ there. Um, and and again, any man that's trying to lead a family or lead anybody. I think it's going to be very difficult for you to do that if you don't have the right person, Christ leading you. Right. But nonetheless, um, your family doesn't need you to be perfect. Yeah, We just need you to be present. Yeah. Uh, my daughters, I'm far from perfect, mm-hmm. uh, but my presence, presence makes the world of a difference. Yeah. And so uh, I, I've learned that Christ, um, again, doesn't need all of our talent and all these things. He'll just take our availability. You yeah. know, And so just make yourself available, make yourself present in your family and in Christ. Keep showing up. Yeah. Keep showing up. Keep showing up back home. If you mess up in the morning, man, get back there in the evening in, in prison. Work it out. Uh, one of the things that my uncle taught me about basketball, he's like, hey, man, shoot or shoot. That's right. Uh, so he saw one game where he where I was, you know, hesitating on my shot. He's like, hey, man, shoot or shoot. Mm-hmm. This is what you do. You shoot the ball. So if you have an off game, you, you maybe take some steps in closer, get mid-range, but you shoot the ball. You never stop shooting the ball. Men, we show up. We are present. Yes. So if we mess up, if we do this, you keep showing up. This is what men do. We show up. The Bible talks about how a righteous man may fall several times, but he gets back up because that's what men do. We show back up. We get back up. Life is going to happen. Life is, as they say it, life be life. And it happens. Yeah. Things happen. We show up. That's what yeah. we do. And we don't need you to be perfect. Men, we just need you to show up and Christ will do the rest. Amen. Yeah. That is well said, Tyron. Yeah. Listen, man, I really enjoyed this uh, this podcast today, man. Glad uh, you had me, man. I really yeah, enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it as well. We went a little bit over, you know, uh, but, you know, I, I think every minute was worth it. So um, so thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. And to again, to all of our listeners, all those who are watching on YouTube, uh, I want to encourage you to take a second and click subscribe on the button below so that you can get notifications every time we drop a new episode. But listen, we appreciate you. And to all of our men, let's uh, let's take that responsibility of 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 being present. You know, let's not worry about being perfect, but let's be present. God bless you, and remember that your family matters. And we'll see you next time.